when I do work with people, the fear of no control is like one of the biggest ones. So when you think about it, I always say to people, question is, when did you first have the fear of what happened? And sometimes you can kind of take it back to like the earliest time where you felt you had no control. And it can be a significant event where your parents were out of control, maybe, or someone was drinking or whatever. And that as a three or five-year-old or seven-year-old, that might have felt life or death. But when it gets activated in the present, isn't necessarily life or death. So it's remembering, oh, what are the facts? That's another really good tool when you're feeling overwhelmed or anxious. What are the facts? What's happening right now? Steers roll down your face. Reaching for something. Someone to embrace to numb pain. Welcome to Sobriety Checkpoint. Are you a parent in recovery wishing for peace and emotional sobriety? Do you find yourself up late at night googling things like how to overcome negative thinking or why is my heart racing? Do you wake up with big ambitious goals only to feel resentful and irritable? when you put everyone else's needs first and leave no time for yourself again? Hey, I'm Felicia. I'm a 12-step returned therapist, and I too have battled anxiety and that critical inner voice. All I wanted was peace and just a little bit of time to myself. I tried to strive and achieve to find happiness, but that only left me with more anxiety. I finally realized I needed to discover my true identity to find the peace I was striving to attain. In this podcast, you're going to find solutions to navigating mental health, spirituality, and relationships to experience the peace you've been craving. It's time for that desperately sought-after solo target run. Grab your keys and let's go for a drive. There's no judgment or breathalyzer at this sobriety checkpoint. Bounded by the beauty of it all. I was always destined to fall into deepest dark. We are stronger than we think we are. So fight and show your strength. Welcome back to another episode of Sobriety Checkpoint. Before we get started, I'd like to invite you to become a Sobriety Checkpoint Insider. By becoming an insider, you'll get weekly updates with the latest podcast episode, emotional sobriety and self-care tips, as well as early bird access to special offers. I'm excited to announce that I am now offering emotional sobriety coaching. So if you'd like to meet one-on-one, please reach out and schedule a call. My contact info is in the show notes. You can also head over to Facebook and join my community where you're going to find other parents in recovery seeking solutions to emotional sobriety through exploring mental and emotional health, spirituality, and relationships. Check out the show notes for the Insider and Facebook group links. I hope to see you in there. Lastly, don't forget to subscribe to my show, leave a review, and share it with a friend. Reviews help boost my ratings, which helps other parents in recovery find my show. Thank you so much, and I'm super grateful for your support. All right, now let's get started. I mean, we're parents for the first time. 
I mean, I could read all the books in the world, but we don't know how to handle every single situation. There's no compassion for yourself. Maybe because I was talking to another woman yesterday who was saying how so much of her parenting, so much of her codependency she struggles with is because she worries if she's out in public and she does something that someone's going to judge her Mm -hmm. and that other moms, it's that fear of other people's opinions. But I mean, that one we got to let go of because again, compassion for yourself as a mother. I mean, when I would see other mothers of the market or where I was struggling with their kid, I just felt bad and wanted to be helpful. Because if you know what it's like, you can have compassion for other moms. Huge. That makes me think about a couple of things. Yeah. That worry about other people. There's two different situations. One, I started my son in soccer too soon. Yes. Too early. And the reason I say too early is because he was doing his own thing. Right. That's what that means. Right. He was doing his own thing. Run around. When all the rest of the kids are there in circle time, my kid is the one that was not. I mean, and it had to do with his age. At that time, it was normal because now he's in preschool. I've seen him in circle time. I've seen how he is socially with other kids and with the teacher But at that time, I mean, he was just too young. So it was just his normal development. And I struggled with two things. And it was accepting that it was normal development and then being embarrassed that my kid Uh, was the only one that wasn't following suit. (laughs) And when I put him in, I was pregnant. At one point, I almost had a panic attack because of the fact that he wasn't doing what I thought he was supposed to be this conflict inside between knowing where he's at and being embarrassed. Yes. So in contrast to that, he started preschool last year and we have to go through the office every day. And offices have these boundaries that we know when there's a desk, you don't go behind it. And he's four. No, he would have been three when he started. So three, almost four. And he always went behind the desk and I was okay with it. And I was so grateful that the people in the office were also okay with it. Yes. They're like, he's three. So I, right. I didn't feel embarrassed. And awesome. I love the place because of it. Yes. And now yes. that he's getting a little bit bigger, as time goes by, we can start learning about those imaginary lines that you stay behind. So it's a learning process. Yes. I mean, I remember a colleague of mine, a child psychiatrist, several times when my son was little because I wanted to know what was normal. And I remember she said to me from zero to seven, the problem is everybody develops at a different pace. So some teacher, somebody doesn't know that will say that. I remember when my son was in like a daycare, he was like three And he was running around on the playground. And one of the teachers said, I needed to get him checked for ADD. And he was three. And at three, running around on a playground is normal. Right. He didn't have ADD. But there's this whole, that's a whole other topic. We could talk about the pathologizing of young boys, which there have been lots of articles written on about creating them to be ADD when it's just normal boy development and they need to move around more than girls. There's been studies about that. We could go into that 
But yeah, it's some things are just normal at a certain age. And you're right. If you don't have other supports around you validating that, then maybe a mother, I would run into this parents who were just super controlling with their kids. And I remember going on play dates with Bo and the mother would like need to be right there rather than letting the kids play together. So everybody parents differently. And I think every parent has a different level of fear. And kids run around. Kids are kids. I mean, obviously they need boundaries, but you're right. They don't need to be pathologized. Mm -hmm. So I get it. But that fear of, I remember being in a baby group. You just reminded me of it. And Bo was constantly kind of like, as a baby, he wanted to stand up and everybody else's child would be like sleeping in their lap. And I remember having the same thought. Jesus, something wrong that he doesn't want to like sleep right now. But you're only comparing to the people in that group. And you're so wrong. I mean, my God, after yeah. baby, so wrong. Yeah. 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 And again, you don't know, but it's this belief like you're supposed to know something when you don't. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think being a mom with little kids right now. Yes. One of the things that I think is, that makes it hard, that makes it more, makes it different than when my mom was raising us is we have, we have Facebook, we have Instagram, TikTok, oh. we've got social media and Google. And my first year as a mom, I was just doing that way too much, trying to find the answers. And what's coming up for me right now is the importance of maybe learning about development and learning about about what is the range of normal because it's yes. a range. It's a spectrum. And my two-year-old has a mild speech delay that I'm not really worried about. I think it'll pick up. So there's not a worry, even though I can see that there's a difference between my son and my daughter. And the other one. And I mean, hopefully it'll pick up. I'm thinking right. that it will. And if not, I guess I'll deal and with it when we get there. <laughs> but boys so. definitely are slower than girls. I mean, they just develop in a different way. That makes sense to me yeah. that a girl would be more verbal. Yeah. Oh, right. actually, they're switched. My oh, they're switched. Yeah, the I'm more verbal. Yeah, Got it. boy is older. So once she picks up, I mean, I think probably switch It'll back. Probably <laughs> yes. So I think maybe right now, right? While she's not talking so much. Well, she's like, too. Yeah. yeah. And she'll get there and it'll be fun. It'll be so. all right. Yes. <laughs> well, you're, yeah. you know, a, a great book. It's called Have a New Kid by Friday, even though it's a little crazy title. But that book by Kevin Lehman, L-E-M-A-N, I believe, saved me because he does a lot of normalizing of those first early years. Because I remember, I remember when Bo was three and a half and oh my God, he was just like getting into everything. And, and I called this friend of mine, the psychiatrist, and she said, hey, three and a half to four is the peak of the power struggle. It's not the twos. And I remember how liberating that like helped me so much because I thought, oh, this makes sense now. He's saying no to because everybody had said, oh, it's the twos, but it wasn't. So just getting kind of reality checks from people that know really helps. Makes you feel better as a parent. Yeah, that and power struggle. So this is now going back to control. These kids, they've got their own mind. They make their own choices. I told my son recently, 
I told my son recently, so he's four. And I said, you're allowed to make your own choices. <laughs> so now sometimes he'll do something and he says, it's my own choice. <laughs> and I said that out loud because I need to remind myself that right. he's his own person and he's going to make his own choices. And I'm in this process right now. My job isn't yes. to control him. A part of me wants to still and still yeah. tries to. And another part of me recognizes that my job is to set parameters and boundaries and give him encouragement and consequences when they're due. That's the thing that's so critical. And Kevin Lehman's book is so great with that because, again, yes, they have choices, but then they need to know that if they make that choice, a particular one, there's going to be a consequence. And that to me is literally, I find with so many people, especially women in recovery, moms in recovery, they have such a hard time with setting boundaries because of their guilt. And guilt literally does no good as a parent. It literally is the emotion that does nothing. It, all it does is it impedes our perception of reality. Because our kid will do something. I've heard this over the years forever. But he's a really good kid. Yeah, he might be a really good kid, but it doesn't mean he's supposed to do that behavior acts. Do you know what I mean? It's always this rationalizing. And really, it's like wanting to give them a break because I feel uncomfortable setting the bound. And I am telling you, Felicia, if you do anything as a parent, the most powerful thing is to be able to set boundaries with your kids because ultimately they're going to be 16 one of these days. And I've seen moms I've treated who couldn't set a boundary and then were literally prisoners of their teenagers. Yeah. So it like moms say, it's so hard. It's so hard. And I say, yeah, it's hard when they're three, but just wait till they're 16. Kevin Lehman's book is really good at just giving you some really clear strategies. Mm -hmm. Very helpful. Yeah, my aunt told me that toddler years are the first adolescence. Yes. Yeah, and yes. that continuously stands out to me. And I'm, I see this with them and definitely I don't do it perfect. I know I'm aware of this being a process and trying yes. to do the boundary thing. And then there's this balance of boundaries versus yeah, control. control. Trying to get them to fit in this box that is created by whoever, right? By society, yes. right? And the other thing, kind of going back to social media, being online. Yes. There's always this goal of how to make my kid do X, Y, Z. Oh. How to make my kids stop doing this or start doing this. And there's not necessarily anything completely wrong with that, but there needs to be a balance between that and also, I guess, just letting them be. Letting them become their true selves. I mean, I think part of the distinction is, and this may not be across the board, is what am I needing to control because I'm super uncomfortable? Or what am I needing to control because that's really something I need to teach them? Do you know what I mean? Okay, if you, I don't know, get up on the kitchen counter for the fourth time, you're going to not be able to go on your computer later today or whatever the consequence is. And you let them know. And then if they do it, it's like, okay, well, this is the consequence. 
But if it's something I've had other moms that I've gotten together with that just feel uncomfortable when their kids are doing anything out of kind of where they have a feeling. I mean, I remember like the kid when I went with this play date one time with Bo, they wanted to go kind of in this wooded area around this house that was not dangerous. And she immediately had to control kind of where they were because of her own fear. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's really the thing, too, is to look at, geez, when I'm needing to set a limit, is it because I'm afraid or is it because I really think this is something they need to learn? And I think there is a distinction there. Right. And I think many moms aren't aware of how afraid they are and think they're doing it for their kid when it's really for themselves. Yeah. I am you. full of fear. <laughs> and I am recognizing that crazy lately. Mm-hmm. There's this light bulb almost that or a switch after having kids. I mean, you never ever think about so nope. normalizing that crazy that goes on. Yes. And once again, recognizing that that's happening, how do you have the fear and then let go at the same time? Yes. Yeah, there's... Yeah, I mean, I think it's noticing the fear and then literally saying to yourself, the thought I'm having about this fear, is it real? That woman, geez, if Bo goes and plays in the woods, is it life or death? No. Because often the the Fear feels like a 911 when it's really not. The 911, I think, is from the past. And not that there isn't some wiggle room in there that you may need to say something or set a limit, but it's really looking at, you know, you're funny you're saying that because when I did my fearless program, when they have the resentments, fears, and sex in the fourth step, I had done that step. And then when I had a child, I literally had 50 more fears. Fear of him being kidnapped, fear that he wouldn't get into college. I mean, the craziest fears. Mm-hmm. So you're absolutely right. It's a whole new world where so many more fears you never even thought of you're feeling. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. is scary. Yeah. That switch also, when I think about that fear, it's like, what is that rooted in? Yes. Right. And once again, generational, it's so subconscious. Yes. These things that pop up that you didn't know were there, but they were already, it was like scenes put in us growing up. And all of a sudden you have kids and that seed just grows into a crazy tree. Yes. And when I do work with people, the fear of no control is like one of the biggest ones. So when you think about it, I always say to people, question is, When did you first have the fear? What happened? And sometimes you can kind of take it back to like the earliest time where you felt you had no control. And it can be a significant event where your parents were out of control, maybe, or someone was drinking or whatever. And that as a three or five-year-old or seven-year-old, that might have felt life or death. But when it gets activated in the present, isn't necessarily life or death. So it's remembering, oh, what are the facts? That's another really good tool when you're feeling overwhelmed or anxious. What are the facts? What's happening right now? Because the feelings can be over the top, but the facts of the situation, oh, my son's just playing outside. Whatever the situation is, when you look at the reality, it really helps also. But yeah, talking about parenting, 
especially with codependence, I just, to me, it's such a passion of mine right now because I've seen so many parents in the last 10 years. I don't know if it's because they're working full, just overcompensate and get way too involved in their kids' stuff. And it's like they're not letting them grow and develop on their own. Yeah. I don't know why I remember taking a um, developmental psychology class in school. And one of the things that stood out to me was birth and the fact that the baby is kind of in control of when that happens. The baby makes the decision. It's a great point. When, right? And I don't think there's anything wrong with having this like a dream of the perfect birth. I did it. <laughs> I had my birthing plan and right away my son messed it up. <laughs> um, Absolutely. I mean, the one thing that I think was very important about my birthing plan was don't give me the fentanyl. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was probably the most important thing on there, but there was a lot <laughs> more stuff on that birthing plan and this, this fantasy that I was going to be able to be in charge of it. So there's this, once again, space between creating a plan and letting it be, being yes. open, being flexible. The fact that the baby kind of initiates birth, I mean, it already says I'm not the one in control. You're not in control, right? I'm not in control of this baby. But flexibility and kind of forgiving yourself to me is so important as a parent because you're just reminding me of when we have these fantasies of like the perfect evening or day or whatever. I mean, I remember this Christmas Eve when Bo was really little, probably five, and myself and his dad separated when he was six months old. So we would, one of us would have Christmas Eve and one would have Christmas. And I remember just having this total fantasy of like Christmas Eve and we're going to open the presents at a certain time. And then I'm going to read him. My brother had given me like the night before Christmas in this real illustration book. And we were going to look through that. I am telling you, not one thing went the way it was supposed to go. Appointment that you can feel at times not having this the way it, you think it should be, some kind of fantasy on Christmas Eve. And I think that goes back to what you're talking about with Instagram and Facebook and all this stuff. And the thing that kills me about those things, and I'm 63, so I'm not as attached to them. I mean, I literally just went on Facebook recently, but is that I know what a lot of these people's lives are like. And yet, They'll throw these pictures up of like a certain event or a certain dinner or whatever. And it's total delusion because I'll know what's going on behind the scenes. So I guess I've never kind of believed the presentation. And the other thing about Instagram is that it's one moment in a day or a week. It's not reality of someone's life. But I think if you grow up with those things, does it be kind of like this is their reality? Is that kind of the delusion when yeah. you're looking at this stuff? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I mean, because it just looks so pretty and right. so perfect. And I'd like to talk to a photographer that does family photos. I never thought about that till right now because I just know like that chaos behind the scenes, That's you know, to get everybody to wear what you want them to wear, (laughs) to get together, to stay still, to stand, and then to smile. You might be smiling in this picture full of anguish and anger because the fantasy 
of picture day didn't go as you wanted it to. There's these smiles, but that doesn't mean that's what you're feeling on the inside. Absolutely not. I mean, it's so classic that you say that because there's a photo. I have four brothers and there's a photo of us standing next to each other, standing behind each other, lined up and kind of with our knees bent, looking at the camera and I have a skirt on. And that day I came down with pants on because I had gotten a tattoo on my ankle and my father did not know I'd gotten the tattoo. He said, you need to go put a skirt on for this photo. And I came down and he and my mother saw the tattoo and like all hell broke loose. And this was the family photo on the wall forever. And yet it was the day my parents totally lost it on me. As they discovered I had this tattoo on my ankle. So you're absolutely right. I mean, I see pictures of people at meals that literally I was at and I know what was happening. And yet when you look at the picture, it's like perfect. Yeah. I'm wondering, let me see, what do I want my last question to be? Yeah. So this might be on the spot. Do you have like a favorite passage or something that you thought was powerful to you when you wrote it? How I talk about codependency is it's all about the underlying fear. So on page 114, it has a co-crazy reminder. And it says, and we discussed this earlier on the podcast, when we are unconscious of our fears, it comes at a high cost. The underlying fear driving us creates a distance between our authentic selves and who we really want to be in relationship. The greater the distance between how we truly feel and how we are in the relationship, the higher the possibility for depression, anxiety, physical problems, and more. When we don't feel safe to be ourselves, we will have a greater need for distraction and escape, leading to addictive and co-crazy behaviors. And really, that says it all about the consequences of codependency. We did a group a few years ago, and the group's title was called Coming Home to Ourselves. And that's really what healing from codependency is. It's not, again, having the focus externally, not that you care about people and support people and help people, but the first thing is really knowing what's going on for you. And it's tough when you're in a reactive state all the time, like codependents are. You're in reaction all the time rather than in kind of, oh, what is that underlying fear? What does that mean? And Again, that's what addiction is. Addiction is I'm detached from myself. Now, I'm detached from myself with drugs and alcohol or some other addiction, but you could be just as detached from yourself with a human being. If I'm trying to fix my boyfriend or if I'm trying to control my child or I'm trying to manage my boss by being a perfect employee or whatever it is, you're still going to be distant from yourself. So again, The idea to get to know yourself, and like you said earlier, to take time is really critical for future happiness and peace. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If so, would you take 30 seconds and share it with another parent in recovery who may be looking for solutions to mental health in sobriety? Also, please leave a quick review on Apple Podcasts so that other parents just like you can find the show. I'm super excited to know this podcast is helping you. Tune in Thursdays for the latest episode. I'll see you back here on your next Target Run. Until next time. We are stronger than we think we are.
so fight and show your strength. Learning grace from our God. Learning grace from our God. Learning grace from our God. Oh, learning grace from our God.